Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Grove Podcast. But not only is it episode 6, 6 has another meaning today. Arsenal have just destroyed West Ham United 6-0. I am joined by Tabs. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm also joined again by Tom, who's back from his scouting mission for Thomas Partey at London <laughs> Colney. Yeah, still haven't found him, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll apologise. I can't live up to Wales in introduction. I'll just say, just say hello. <laughs> and today we're also joined by none other than the man, the myth, the legend, CERN. How you doing? Very well, thank you very much. Welcome to your The Grove podcast debut. You've been itching, just like Paul, you were itching to get on. We've got you on now. And it's only fitting that we get you on as well today because you were the one that wanted to humble these fuckers. <laughs> And humble these fuckers, we did indeed. So, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone listening to the pod. Uh, Last episode, we got some really good feedback. We really appreciate it. Andrea, um, I'm sure one of your friends had mentioned some some feedback, so I just wanted you to to read that out. I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, no, sure. And sorry, just before I read the feedback, I I, I don't want to disappoint our our listeners. They particularly want to hear this. You fine gentlemen. There we go. There we go. We, whether whether he's he, he's here in spirit, if he's not here in person, so you know we we gotta you know gotta keep the listeners happy, give them what they want. So and that's and that's one particularly for Charles, because I know she particularly likes it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've got I've got a, a long suffering Man United fan, uh, a guy called Martin Parrish, who I've known for for many a year, and, and the feedback he sent to me uh, via text was. Um, and this is say for a Man United fan. Now, who would have thought that I would be listening to an Arsenal podcast featuring Tabs and enjoying it? So, yeah, yeah, a bit self-congratulatory, but you know, we don't mind a bit of that. But it, it goes to show that our reach from the the Grove goes far beyond just uh, just Arsenal supporters. We are we are getting into the ears and hearts of Man United fans as well. So I'm I'm really pleased that uh, we're spreading spreading the love and spreading the word. So uh, thank you, Martin, for that. But uh, yeah, anyway, enough of this self-congratulatory nonsense. Let's uh, let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> the good stuff indeed. So we always start by talking about highlights and lowlights of a game, right? And I'm struggling to really find a lowlight from that game. I guess for me, the, the highlight has to be the first half in general. I cannot remember a first half in the last two games now where we've just been so dominant and so so perfect. I mean... Scoring, some of the goals we scored were just absolutely brilliant. Declan Rice, his assists, it was just unbelievable. In terms of a low light, the only low light is we never got a seventh, right? I'm going to be greedy. I wanted to go above Man U. I said to you guys in the chat as well before um, the second half kicked off, our predictions are in the mud. We need to sort out another prediction. (laughs) And I said 7-1. So I wasn't far off, but I just wanted that seventh goal to get above City in in the table. That was mine, Tabs. What about yourself? Uh, just on your low light, and and my low light was very similar. I I my low light was not getting the seven, but the reason is that back in my day, uh, there used to be something called the Vidi printer when they were going through the results uh, on at the end of grandstand, and every time seven goals were scored, it would always have to spell out seven, so it wouldn't <laughs> just be the number seven. And so I wanted to see the S E V E N 
in brackets. Uh, that, that would have been brilliant. So it's, uh, that was my you know, minor low light. Uh, and in terms of highlight, uh, just Declan Rice's goal was just sort of just made me fall off my seat laughing. Uh, so that was that was great. That was definitely my 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 highlight for the for the afternoon. Just what, what a finish, you know, Odegaard and and, and uh, Trussard getting each other's way. Then he just strolls up, smashes it first time, and it was so good. He then walks off the pitch and says goodbye. So that was that was a great highlight for me. Any worries about his potential limp nah, or it's fine. injury? He, he was he was nah, he's fine. He's good. He's got a week to recover. He's he's made he's made of uh, titanium. He'll be good. I heard he was made of rice, but I must have been fucking <laughs> hearing wrong. Sir, what about yourself? He was made by rice, not of rice. Low light was really hard to think of uh, a couple of low lights. Uh, in the first half before, I think the third goal in uh, went in, my low light was probably the fact that we aren't taking as many chances as we could. Uh, I think Saka missed two great headers on top of the, the great header he had at Liverpool was... A little bit disappointing, but maybe we're being a, a bit of a perfectionist there. Um, if I was going to give you another low light, it was that Inketia didn't score another away game. He hasn't scored, and that, and that, you know, if any time he was going to score, it, it should have really been today. Um, highlights, uh, yes, it's, my my biggest one is probably our set plays were just fantastic. They looked really rehearsed, uh, and before the Dubai break, it almost felt felt like. Uh, We'd we'd have a, a a brilliant set play idea, but someone something would happen, and you know someone would get knocked off their momentum, and something wouldn't happen. It, it wouldn't work out as we intended. But today, it just felt like everything was meant to be. Everything is going as 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 we planned, and I think that was the, probably one of the biggest highlights. So we're we're getting goals from these set pieces, whereas you know years gone by, we we really struggle for for set pieces. I'm thinking of those those away away days at Stoke and things like that where we'd absolutely we'd struggle with corners, but not today. Our set piece coach has come in absolutely loops and bounds. It's, it really has been night and day. What a difference. Sir, and I've got one question for you. It requires a yes mm. or a no answer. Did we Humble those fuckers. <laughs> if 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 I was to show you this bit of paper that I got all my notes on the 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 the, the, the top of it, the the title in bold is humbled. So <laughs> I'd, I'd say yes, absolutely. Tom, highlight and lowlight of today's game. Right, I'm going to start with the lowlight, um, and it's nothing to do with us, but just hearing Declan Rice get booed by their fans. I was just thinking, you you fuckers, because he, I mean, the stuff that he's done with that club and like obviously winning a European trophy with them, um, and then the way he left, it was he's always been so humble, hasn't he? And um, he's he's never had a bad word to say about them, so there's absolutely no reason that uh, um, he should get booed. And I think that takes me into takes me into the highlight which was just seeing him i mean he, he performs 10 out of 10 every game but it's just a level above to, to, today with the um with the assists and the goal um and that goal was just outrageous wasn't it so seeing him do that and then uh, <laughs> and then get subbed off and just sort of like clap him as he's walking off and then clap him at the end of the game it sort of felt a bit smug but um you know he's got no bad intentions with it just because he's he's very humble but yeah i mean just seeing him tear him apart was great I would have loved, 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 loved if Declan Rice celebrated when he scored. I would have loved that. I would have 
took great pride in in watching him celebrate as well when when he scored. I, I was imagining like a knee slide at the corner flag, shushing the crowd, <laughs> cupping his his hand to his ear, maybe pointing around in the upper tier of the stadium, looking for looking like where's all these uh, where's all these fans and all that sort of stuff. Well, but there weren't any no. fans to point at, so he, he couldn't. So, and actually, the only reason he didn't <laughs> celebrate had nothing to do with his history at West Ham is because of all the press and all the media from last week. He was respecting their opinion. And that's why he didn't mm. celebrate. See, and he and he almost walked down the tunnel. He walked straight to the bench. So you know, Carragher, there you go. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it, even though it'd be highly amusing seeing him pro, uh, do a proper celebration, I think he's done himself done himself a few favors by by yeah. not celebrating. It, I mean, it shows respect, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and that just shows you the type of guy he is, right? Um, but yeah, anyway, um, in terms of, of the game being a, a good result or a fair result, I mean, I, I can't see anything past you guys agreeing with me in terms of, yeah, obviously a fair result, but what a, what a result as well. We have fully backed up our win against Liverpool last week with an emphatic victory today. Takes us level on points with City, level on goal difference as well. They're only above us on goals scored, I believe. So yeah, what an emphatic result, an amazing performance. And the fact that we even got to see the likes of Ethan Nun no, I can never say it, Noaneri come on to you know, to play the last fifteen, twenty minutes, that was just brilliant as well, because we've been crying out in the grove for, for him to get some game time and, and today he got that. And yeah, it was just really nice. Just a, a lovely performance. And it's funny, I'm I'm looking at the screen now and I can see everyone's predictions from last week on the pod. We made predictions for this this game and Whale, I think, you know, came closest in terms of how many goals we'd score and uh, had 4-1 written down. Um, but I don't think anyone could have ever, you know, estimated we would have won by, by six goals. No no chance at all, even if you had a bet on. I think the odds would be crazy. No, uh, and and Tab, sorry, I was just going to yeah. say, incidentally enough, you've wrote down here as well, the last time we scored 6-0, or the last time we, we, we won 6-0, sorry, I should say, away, was versus who? It was uh well it was scored six so I, I should have corrected that yeah it was against Moyes so he must love playing against Moyes uh, back in two thousand and nine when he was manager of Everton so um, do you want to tell the Grove though what you said to me at halftime what you thought well, the score might be well, you want to tell <laughs> well this more? sort of plays into a bit just how how we are as fans like even before the game when when the the team came at, came out and 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 all that. now the first eleven was great fine. You can justify it either either way, but everyone's oh my god the subs bench what's happened to ESR Vieira you know parties Zinchenko all these injuries and stuff and and so there was a sense of nervousness not because of the first eleven but a case of wow if anything if it didn't go to plan how are we going to change the game up and 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 it's just as the fans even at half time memories of Newcastle two thousand and eleven four nil up at half time <laughs> and we joked oh well. Yeah, you know, and I said, oh, potentially four two. You get a bit slack, you get a bit lazy. They get an early goal, so even even at four nil up, we couldn't fully relax. And it wasn't until I think the fifth, then everyone's going, all oh, right, this, this it is properly done. But it's just just the nature and nervousness of 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 what we are and pessimists and 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 so on like that. That we just we we've experienced it in the past, so we always have this. Uh, defense mechanism you, you know to just make sure we don't get too excited too soon i think genuinely speaking if we went into the into half time at, say 2-0 we would have been so much more nervous of for obvious reasons yeah but i'm just so proud that the team managed to take their chances and actually go in at 4-0 
uh, Trossard's finish was just a thing of beauty. Rice's goal, obviously, in the second half was even better. But going in at halftime, being 4-0 up was just so much more calming. I just felt so relaxed. In fact, you know, it, it was more enjoyable watching the game. It was it was a good good laugh. And I had a friend, uh, Jermaine, who listens to the pod and just want to give him a shout out. He was sending loads of photos and videos from being at the game in the way end. And it just looked so much fun. So, yeah, I, I mean, ugh, I'm, I'm just on cloud nine. I think the last few games we have... Um, we've played has just been unbelievable uh, and I'm, I'm just ready to now watch Villa absolutely hump Man U and that'll just put icing on the cake. Um, in terms of team selection, sir, and I'll start with you, were you happy with the team selection? I know there was a lot of talk about um, Jorginho potentially, you know, not starting or, or whatever, but it turns out he hasn't trained. So what do you think, sir, and um, were you happy with it? Yeah, I, I was really happy with it, and I, and I tell you, one stand-up player that I I was uh, a little bit surprised with, but I, I think he really showed his his worth in the last game at Liverpool was uh, Kivior. I thought he had a really great game um, defensively, and he got himself in some great uh, positions attacking. Um, and I, I think it also really showed how much we missed Havertz when we played West Ham at the Emirates. Uh, when we played this game, how, how many balls did he win physically in the air, on the ground, uh, offensively? He would put balls through as well. It, it, we, we really missed him in the last game. Um, but yeah, overall, I think great. I think as well, it takes a lot of pressure off the fact that Jesus isn't scoring so many as we'd like. Um, and the fact that, you know, we probably want to be buying Tony or Osimhen in the future. I don't think Osimhen is going to happen. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we can afford him. Um, but Tony, maybe. But the fact that our whole team is scoring goals and contributing, it just takes that pressure off. Um, and, and if we do go on and, you know, win some trophies this season, uh, maybe it, it takes that pressure off the the amount it would cost us to buy someone like Tony or or Osimhen. Yeah, I, I was really happy with the, the the team that got put out today. Tom, this is a really hard question after we win six nil, but I'm just laughing at uh, Tabs's notes here. Could or should it have been different pending results? So, what, what, try answering that one. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can even find. If you're able to find flaws in that starting eleven, if you're able to find potentially anything we could have done differently, but yeah, yeah, take it away. See if you have any thoughts on that. Sorry. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I think my answer to that question is no. Um, you know, like you say, you can't complain about anything when we've just come away winning six nil. Um, I did, I did think initially think Jorginho was hard done by by not playing, but then. If he's not fit, then then he's then he's not fit um, because he, he found obviously such a good performance against Liverpool. Um, I did read, I think during the week or last week, that that he's sort of pending some surgery, and if he if he has that surgery, then he, then he won't be able to play after it. So he's kind of just holding off on it in order to be able to be able to play. But for him to play, he has to have um, effectively like painkiller injections. Um, I so yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't think Tom, you can play after you have surgery. I think normally the anaesthetic is too strong, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're a bit groggy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I think his physical condition, he's not exactly in in peak condition. He won't be able to play every game, so so that's understandable for him not to be on the yeah. on the team sheet today. Um, but what I do really like is hearing Trossard Stein. I've seen it was leaked before the the lineups come out 
Um, and and then we're we're all kind of debating where he would where he would play and where Havertz might play. Um, and I think that that works to our advantage because you you've got have both Havertz and Trossard that can both play as a number nine or that sort of central central midfield role. Um, and you just notice today they I mean they occupy both positions, but they kind of support each other and they're kind of in, interchanging in a way. Um, and it just gives us that variation. Yeah, yeah I, I really like that. I noticed the commentators as well had mentioned about Trossard and Havertz kind of playing in that same pocket of space and it really worked well. And even though Havertz never got on the, the score sheet today, although we all thought he did when the camera panned to him when, when Big Gabby scored, I think the, the group chat were, were confused for a minute. Mm. I think Havertz had a really solid game uh, today I really do I think the whole team were outstanding obviously but Kai Havertz had a really solid game uh, as well as Kivior um, who was mentioned yeah. earlier I mean in terms of I'm sorry in terms of actually could we have done anything different you're right uh, yeah some of these questions I've raised beforehand we couldn't that was the 11 we had to put out now there were questions around left back would it be Zinni Tommy Kivior well Tommy and Zinni weren't there in the squad so it had to be Kivior left eight uh, again you know Jorginho knackered you know he plays one 97 minute game and he's shattered for like how many weeks and the only option was Trossard or, or Havertz they both got on they interchanged as, as Tom Tom said and then center forward no Jesus in the lineup so again Havertz or Havertz or um sorry <laughs> Havertz or Trossard because I, I I think that that Inketia is now going to be pretty much on the bench from from now on in because I think we may have put him in the spotlight during the uh winter transfer window uh, no one bought, no one bit. So I think he's going to be more on the bench and I don't see him starting many, if any, games now between now and the end of the season. So in terms of that question, now I don't think we had any real choice other than that other than that, that team uh, with that we put out. In terms of the players that stood out for us or who played well, it's hard to pick anyone other than Bakayo Saka, who obviously got two goals. But Martin Odegaard and Declan Rice, for me, deserve mentions for having two assists each. Ben White, some of the, the I can't remember um, what minute it was, but it was late in the second half. And Saka has a ball on the right wing, and you just see from the left hand side of your screen Ben White storming, like doing a hundred meter sprint, basically right past us, still getting the overlap. He had a really good game, but um, I, I, out of the defence, I think I've got to give it to Gabriel. I mean, scored, was assured at the back, just looks better and better every single game. Uh, you know, next to Mustafi 2.0, I, I was really impressed uh, with, with their partnership, and you know the fact that Mustafi 2.0 also <laughs> scored. I, you know what we're doing? We're doing a disservice to William Saliba for calling him Mustafi 2.0. But uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you would know you would know why. And the only reason why I mention that is just because it's so funny that you know some people maybe took it a little bit more seriously than we intended. But yeah, I really, I really think um, Big Gabby played. Yeah immensely today and I don't know if you guys managed to see some quotes from him and kind of during the week about him you know why he was dropped uh start of the season and he's saying you know Mikel Arteta spoke to him and gave him assurances that his position the team wasn't under threat he was just trying something different and you know he loves it here and things but I just can't help but think and Tabs you've got it written down here as well that and you're very very well you know comprehensively done notes that he potentially flirted around, you know, the thought of maybe going to Saudi. I just, I think, what a loss that would have been if we if we sold him in the summer, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I think he he needed a bit of pers persuading. You know, I think Miketa Arteta said that he had to have a word. 
tell him, look, you know what's what's good for him and his career. Uh, you, look, you can't blame these these players. That they, they're relatively young. They've got families to support. Not immediate. Maybe back home. To be honest, if someone someone shoved that amount of money in my face, you know, to do another podcast, I might think about it. So you know, but you know, so it's one of these things, and, and I, I think it was managed well. Uh, but he's back. He's committed, and he's great, and he's showing you. You know, he's leading defensive goal scorer. Uh, yeah, for how many years now? Uh, so so yeah, he's he's fine, and yeah, what a what a partnership. They're, yeah, they're they're up there with the best two partnerships, definitely in the Premiership. Best two defensive players in the Premiership and, and even in Europe. But in turn, and in terms of who stood out, I mean, you know, I like my sort of off the ball, subtle sort of stuff. So yes, I had Saka down and Rice with the goal and all that. But I, I think Odegaard really again was leading the press, or was was directing everything, and and was really good. And as to a stat about, he's now got fifty plus. He's like created 50 plus chances from open play. And that's the, the highest by anyone in, in Europe. And he's really the last two or three games really stepped up. He, he, like everyone else, had a bit of a dip and he's now really leading the show. So even if he's not scoring, he's he's doing so much work off the ball and driving that team forward. And 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 for me, that was sort of one of those sort of unsung hero type performances today. And I thought that was, he was he was fantastic. I think uh, just just touching on that as well in terms of you're talking about Odegaard's stats and I even seen that Big Gabby is our second top defensive goal scorer mm. in history. But Kyle Saka has beaten uh, records again today. Uh, you know he's he's reached fifty. Uh, well, it was a hundred goals and assists across all competitions in his Arsenal career, and he's only twenty two. I did ask in the chat <laughs> earlier on before before the game kicked off. You know, should we be demanding more from Bakayo Saka? And and boy, did he um, did he come up trumps with that today? I wonder if he listens to the Grove. And and if you are Bakayo, I'm sure you would love to jump on and tell everyone to like, comment, subscribe, <laughs> do whatever you need, share the podcast far and wide. I'll do it instead though. Um, because he's not on this episode. You never know, we might get him on in the future. Um, but yeah, please everyone hit the like, follow, subscribe button. Go, if you're listening on Spotify, you can click on the little arrow that hey, you can rate the show and hit five stars. It really helps us, really does us a world of good. So we really appreciate it. Uh, Tom, just coming to you about how exactly we, you know, we, we played. I've got a couple of questions based on that, if you don't mind. In the first half, Leandro Trossard had two chances. The first one was a kind of header that went over the, the, the bar and nothing really came of that. And then the second one was that spectacular volley from followed by an even more spectacular save from Alphonse Ariola. Uh, do you think at that point, were you thinking, oh, it's going to be one of those days where we can't take our chances or were you confident we would still score more? I I mean, the way the game was going right from the get-go, I, I'm pretty confident that we were going to score. Um, certainly didn't think we would score six. Um but yeah, I see what you mean because well, we had it against Forest, and we the first half was just incredibly frustrating. It was just shot after shot, up and chance after chance, and, and nothing was going in. But yeah, I I just sort of had had a thought with Ariola making that save. It was an incredible save to be fair to him. Um, and I was thinking if he's going to be be playing like this all game, then we might struggle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's just still confident that we we're going to score because it was just one way traffic. I I thought it was a. I, I had it down there like up until those time, up until twenty two minutes when Trossard had that had a header. It, it was, you know, I, I think 
yeah, West Ham were being four three two or four two three, whatever. And they and they were really again doing what Moyes does against us, and and I could see that frustration. And what wasn't helping was that we were missing Zinchenko uh, and that creativity. So you know, Odegaard is good, but he's not that he's. And I've said he's created a lot of opportunities, but he's not more deep lying. So that's where Zinchenko really helps with trying to create, trying to press us forward. And I think we missed that because Kivio, and, and again, I like this, Kivio was not inverting and we shouldn't have him inverting. And so we were being a bit more solid. So I, I think we lacked a bit of creativity and also we weren't overlapping. There wasn't much overlapping going on in the first 20. So I was thinking, where are we going to get these opportunities from? Because, you know, we've seen this before. We, 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 we struggle, but it seemed like, yeah, from the 22nd minute, suddenly West Ham stopped doing what they were doing well and our pressure, our pressure, our pressure told in, in the end. But I was, yeah, I was a bit uncertain, you know, because also Bowen was making himself a nuisance up front. You know, you could see him turn Saliba early on, uh, giving, giving our front too, but then he wasn't well supported. Kudus seemed a bit off. He wasn't, he wasn't doing, doing much. So yeah, it was just, Guys, is this going to be a nil-nil or one-nil or something like that? But uh, but yeah, then one, once the uh, floodgates opened, then there was yeah, West Ham sort of just like capitulated, just just yeah, just gave up really. How much can I just say uh, quickly with Kibior, um Obviously, with, with, Zin, with when Zinchenko's out, you feel like you're missing that attacking threat. And yes, I fully agree that Kibior shouldn't be playing in inverted role um, because he's not that type of player, but. As someone who is kind of meant to be a centre back, the the attacking output we get from him, especially today, um, I think it's of a really good standard. Um, yeah, he d- does seem to operate that left back position quite well. I think it's nice. It's quite refreshing as well. I agree. I think it's refreshing to see we don't have to always play inverted. You know, we can just play a, a back four, a traditional back four, and, and let the forwards, let the midfield and the forwards do their job. It was quite refreshing to see that today and it's nice to see that we can play both ways. We can play with Kivior as a traditional left back or we can have Zinni come in and invert. You know, it was, it's quite nice having that flexibility in your team. Uh, just wanted to briefly, very quickly mention, we're recording this podcast obviously straight after the game and uh, Man U have went 1-0 up, which we don't really care about. But what's even funnier is um, a couple of West Ham uh, Twitter accounts that I followed over the Declan Rice saga in summer that have not really unfollowed yet one of them says very confident we get a result today another one quotes that with yep we won't lose and then there's just a flood of tweets underneath that with Declan Rice he's been pictured he, he's been pictured laughing um there's like a screen grab of one of the the Sky Sports you know streams and he's just laughing when he's on the bench um and it's just hilarious to, to see that um you should search so, you should so search nice. for Moyes out Hashtag Moyes out. To uh, see what well, happens. they all want Julian Lopetegian, which is uh, why you know the same guy who got sacked by Wolves. So um, yeah, that's even that's even funnier. Uh, um, I was I, I was just going to say uh, we were just giving Kivio his flowers just then. I think what, one thing that stood out for me was um, Martinelli and Kivio. They really had Soufal nailed down. It was almost like the uh, like you were saying, Tabs, up to the first twenty second or so minute. Uh, Soufal seemed to read the, the game really well as he always does. But if you notice that Martinelli and uh, Kivio were constantly helping each other out on that side, and from probably the twenty thirty minutes onwards, it was just you know floodgates open. They couldn't really do much against it. And 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 uh, like I said, Kivio just read the game really well, and then eventually started to bomb forward, get into those. Uh, his attacking opportunities so I think um, 
yeah, I, th- I think he had a really good game. Mm. I agree. I agree. I, I think the the more minutes he's getting, the more assured he looks as well, the more confident he looks, right? So, yeah, I mean, I just hope that our, some of our players can come back from injury. And, and you know, I hope Tommy Asu and I think Arteta mentioned that he was um, carrying a little bit of a niggle. I just, I'm really looking forward to the latter part of this season when all these players come back and, you know, we actually have a, a proper full strength team and a full strength bench as well to to pick from. I think Zinchenko and Smith Rowe potentially are only a, a few days away. Um, although Twitter seems to think that Smith Rowe is now injured until the end of March for some reason. I don't know where they've wow. they've got that from. But we've also got Fabio Vieira, Gabriel Jesus, and Thomas Party coming back slowly, and the main man Julian Timber as well. <laughs> so there's a lot to be a lot to be positive about we we seem to and, and, and we seem to talk about this though every week and what gets us we don't mind having the odd player injury but it's the cluster injuries and it's like one or two people in the same position that always makes it hard and you're always having to yeah yeah you know so yeah look today's a celebratory part and and today we should be celebrating but it's just and i think that's what gave us the anxiety before the game because it's not just we're thinking about this game we're thinking ahead and we're all right you know, and every oh, we should be getting these players back. Should be getting these players back because we're thinking bigger picture. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he just twisted his ankle here, so in, in training, so that's just yeah. Unless it's really bad ligament ankle damage, it should, it should be a week, and they should be back. And we'll we'll, we'll see. But it's just those cluster injuries yeah. that 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 kill us and get us frustrated. I'm just glad it's Burnley next yeah. week, and uh, you know, we should, we should, you know, they're still a Premier League outfit. But I just can't wait to beat Vincent Company's team and relegate them back to the championship where they belong um, but then after that it's obviously Porto away and then Newcastle at home two really important games for us if we want this season to be defined as a, a success though we're the two games that we really need to win um, just looking at the stats from the game as well you know I don't really XG for me is a pointless stat but it's just quite telling that we're 3.6 and West Ham are 0.2 it's that's you know quite a, a massive difference but just in terms of our shots as well 25 to their five 12 on target they had one they had no big chances we had six and we only missed two so we we, we scored four of our, our so-called big chances um even our passing accuracy was 93 percent to their 74 it was just an overall very good gold standard five star performance and I don't know how we can wax lyrical more about it if this was Man City if this was Liverpool that just be or even Man U if just beat West Ham 6-0 the the pundits the, the media would be loving it absolutely loving it so I just hope we get the same love and as CERN says players get their flowers for for this performance I, I really really enjoyed that I don't really want to touch much on how West Ham played because it's not really much to to, to discuss about Sorry, that. Did, really. did, did they play? I, I didn't notice anything. So. I think their fans have a zero point five xb for for booze um, <laughs> per per minute. I mean, they went from booing Saka and Rice. I don't know why Saka was getting booed for being fouled, by the way, but they went from booing Saka and Rice to booing their own team and then leaving at half time, which was just hilarious. Oh, they were um, sorry. They, they were following the the Stoke, Stoke Neanderthal way of supporting, as in, if you dare get fouled or have your leg broken, we'll boo you. So that's 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 all they do. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, well. Get over it. It's fine. I, I really don't think West Ham played like I've seen them play. I think 
I was expecting them to be a little bit more on the front foot. And the first five minutes I was watching the game and I was thinking, it's like we're playing at home. The amount of possession we had, the control we had in the game. And even when we lost the ball, you know, we, we seemed to keep winning it back. And it was just such a, yeah, a dominant performance. And we just, we essentially didn't let them play. I don't think they they had any players that did really well. I don't know if anyone else has any opinions, if anyone held, else wants to throw they, any they, names of they any got, players that played well. They got what they deserved. They, they, they set up to, to do what they... So actually, if you look at the stats, it's pretty much similar to the home game that we had. We just couldn't finish. They had one own goal and, and something else, you know. So no, they got what they deserved. They set up their low block. They think they'll get us on the break. And this time we, we took them to town, which which we should have done last time. So, so yeah, you're right. I, yeah. For, 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 I've, I've, I've got to admit, sort of good waking up this morning, I was I was pretty confident all throughout the week. And then waking up this morning, I just thought, oh, actually, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty nervous about today. Um, I mean, you, they've got Bowen. Obviously, we know how good he is. Kudus and Wolf Rouse. So they've got the facilities to be a dangerous team. Um, and I thought with the sort of home advantage, I thought it could be right for it and putting put the pressure on. But like we say, I just didn't even get a sniff. And I, I think a lot of that, similar to the Liverpool game, a lot of that comes from how good our midfield has been, especially Rice, um, because then they're not able to sort of flow through from defence to attack because they just get shut down mm, by a midfield. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I never thought of it like that. Really, really good point. I um yeah I'm just looking at the the Fort Mob rankings now and Kudus was their highest ranked player six point seven, um, <laughs> Ariola four point four, Suchek four point seven, Emerson four point nine. Yeah, it's just it's hilarious. Um, I I'm shocked at how bad they were today. Uh, let let's spend a few minutes just going through the goals, uh, if we can. I just want to discuss discuss our six goals. We could talk about them all night, but. <laughs> Uh, well, what I'm going to do is obviously there are six goals, so I'm going to go CERN, Tabs, Tom for the first three, and then CERN, Tabs, Tom for the next three. So, the first goal obviously was scored by, um, like we say, Mustafi 2.0, <laughs> the best, one of the best defenders in world football at the moment, William Saliba. Um, CERN, talk me through it, what were your thoughts? Corner obviously came in from uh, Declan Rice, right. Saliba rose highest at the back. Talk to me about it. Yeah, again, offset plays are just fantastic. The moment, one of the things I'm, I've been really happy uh, since oh, I, I struggled to remember which game it was. Possibly, Palace was the first game we saw Rice taking corners consistently. Yeah. yeah. Prior prior to that, we always had Trossard taking those corners, and I, I don't know what we were trying to achieve because he could never beat the first man, and it was starting to really grate on me the fact that we were just not doing anything from that side, and then Saka would create chances from the other corner. So as soon as Rice has been on corners, man, it's been it's been fantastic, hasn't it? Um, it, it was just perfect delivery again. Saliba, well rehearsed. Uh, w- one thing I'm I'm really impressed with as well is we're doing these these corners where we we run in from the back stick into either the front post or the back post, and we're not fouling anyone. Uh, you know, I, I could see days of old us trying to do that sort of routine and you know clattering players on the back stick, but it's it's not happening. Uh, and, and I was I was really impressed with that one. That's one of probably. Probably the loudest I shouted today, apart from the rice goal. <laughs> I, was, I was really impressed with that one. I loved it. And then we obviously made a 2-0 with a Bikayo Saka penalty tabs. 
Yeah. I don't know if you thought, I mean, I mean the double jeopardy laws, obviously, that, you know, that mean if you if you make the foul and you're last man, you get a yellow and it's a penalty. But did he even go for the ball, Ariola? I, I don't know. I, I wasn't really too, too sure. I mean, it was a lovely, lovely uh, first time pass, I think. Well, was it first time? I don't know. It was a lovely pass over the top by, by Trossard. And it was nice to actually see some green space to, to, to run into. A perfectly timed run. It was my initial thoughts were, oh god, yeah, is this going to be offside? And that, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't fast that he wasn't sent off. I don't know. I think, yeah, I'm not 100 percent clued up on the on the laws around that. And then, and then it was a case of redemption for Saka because he missed the penalty last year that would have would have won us the game, would have made it three one. Um, so I'm, I was really pleased to see him step up and and the way it hit the back of the net, you could hear he hit it properly. Uh, and hit it well, sent the goalkeeper the wrong way, hitting it to the goalkeeper's left. Yeah, it was a lovely, lovely penalty, nice finish, and, and I'm pleased for him because I think he would have had that on his mind. And also, it's not easy because you're waiting for VAR to make the decision, and so you're standing there waiting to take it. So, no, all very, very pleasing. Good good pass, good run. Well well put away. Really nice, yeah. Really, re- I agree. I'm going to echo that sentiment. Really nice for Saka to score after missing it, obviously, last season. And, didn't really like what the commentator said about, oh, he missed for England in that crucial game. And talking about, you know, that was ages ago now, you know. These commentators, they just love to see Arsenal fail. But uh, obviously, Saka wouldn't have heard that. But yeah. like you say, the composure that a, a, a man at that age, a boy at that age has, I mean, phew, unbelievable. And then we made it third. Uh, in the 44th minute, it was. Gabriel scored again, Tom, from a another Decker's corner. Now it was a free kick. I mean... Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, I beg your pardon. Yeah, a, a Declan Rice free kick this time. So just shows you the quality of his set-piece delivery, right? That, um, you know, he can do it from a corner, he can do it from a free kick. I mean, by the time that goal went in, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we've been seeing Rice do it all season with, with his free kicks and in recent times corners. The way he whips the ball is just... It's kind of... I'm not going to compare, compare him to De Bruyne in, in that sense, but... You see De Bruyne hit those stationary balls from free kicks and whatnot. They've just got so much power and wit. Um, and he just does it so well. Um, and what I loved about that goal was, um, unless I'm imagining it, I'm pretty sure Gabriel sort of went over to Rice. And I'd imagine it probably went something like, stick it here, I'm going to run into here. And Rice just, Rice just went, yeah, all right. And then he just hits it bang on the spot that Gabriel wanted it. And... um and he knocks it in. So yeah, I mean, credit to Rice. So just such a good. Yeah, ball. I noticed. I noticed that as well. I was going to mention it. If you if you didn't, yeah, he definitely he definitely said something. And actually, I wanted to mention. So the first three goals from set pieces, and they are so important when you're playing against the team with a low block. Every again, I think we said against Palace, or so people sort of dismiss set piece goals, set piece goals because I don't know they, they don't seem like proper goals. Well, they count as every other bloody goal. So, but but I think they're so important to to. To have good set pieces when teams play a low block, they are a great. They're a great um, sort of thing to have in your in your in your in your armory to 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 take. Say, okay, fine, we won't get through you that way. We'll get through th- this way, and then so it's again multiple facets to our ability to attack either open play or set pieces. So important, and that first goal was so important to to open them up. And actually, after we scored that first goal, again they they just fell to pieces, and we had more chances after that. It was just. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. 
I'm really gutted that you never said in your arsenal as opposed <laughs> to in your armory. You've really missed a trick there, Tabs. Uh, I'm thinking about just cancelling this whole episode and we start. No, it, it, it's it's because that. I spent half my time in the shop, so that's what got armory on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> when we I think it will the... speaks volumes that um that Rice is on is on these because he's a big guy. Um, obviously you want your big guys in the box for for free kicks and corners and like that, but because he's on them um yeah it speaks volumes as to how good he is at taking them yeah yeah i'm sorry i was going to mention just thought it's quite funny obviously everyone knows about your your background and your videos tabs and your uh, copious amounts of arsenal <laughs> merch but when we start doing the video podcast i can't wait for the listeners to <laughs> to see that um uh, yeah it's, it's really really nice to see uh, i think we should all get dressed up to our you know full kit wankers almost and uh, record these pods shouldn't have included uh, boots optional though uh, second half obviously in fact no sorry not even second half stoppage time in the first half leandro trossard cern scored what i think was just a sublime finish uh, top bins as the kids call it nowadays hmm. um again an assist by it was martin odegaard that assisted this one wasn't it but, yeah I mean, what what a finish, right? And and going in at four 0 was just the icing on the cake for that Do, first half. Look, there's, there's two things about this goal that I I absolutely love, and, and the first thing is that it was the fact that we won the ball back to to score this goal. So the ball comes over the top. I think it was Zuma heads it away, and between Havertz, Odegaard, and uh, I forget who it was now, the three of them they win the ball back. Uh, it might have been Trossard actually. Uh, win the ball back. Suddenly comes over to Odegaard, slips it through to Ode- to Trossard. And honestly, I, I was looking at the TV from a distance. I thought it was Thierry Henry. Yeah, I, I was so impressed with his finish. So, but I think I think that's that's the thing with um, Trossard. He he's he's that deadly in the box. I just think he needs to be a, sometimes a little bit more clinical. And maybe we we don't need a striker, but uh, time will tell. <laughs> Uh, just on that point, the, the, the pundits after the game um, were saying, oh, Arsenal don't need a striker, do they? But like you say, time will tell, but you can't win the league unless you have a, a striker that's scoring, you know, Erling Haaland type goals and consistently, you know, if we win 6-0 every single week now until the end of the season, then mm. so be it, I'll have egg on my face. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Arteta is just trying to find something that works in the meantime before we can actually get a striker. And whether that is Ivan Tony, Victor Osimhen, or you know yeah. Vlaovic or whoever, I don't know. Um, I'm sure that'll be spoken about on another podcast, maybe closer to the transfer window opening. Um, but yeah, I still think we do need a a striker. Obviously, after after Trossard's goal, we went into the the break at four nil tabs, and then out we came. You were thinking it's going to be what four three, four two, and then suddenly, fifteen minutes after the the resumption of the second half, Calvin Phillips and Mavropanos get introduced, obviously, and 15 minutes later, Bikayo Saka scores a, a wonderful goal. I just want to hijack. I know you're you're talking about this goal, but I just want to mention a couple of things, if I, if you'll allow me. The first one is how awful Ariola was for the goal. I mean, he didn't even make an attempt to save the ball. He just stood there and watched it go in. I think he was kind of waiting for Saka to bend it around into the other side of the you know the far side of the goal, which is fair enough. Um, but what a finish from Saka, just to, I don't know if anyone's played football, you know, at, at various levels before, I'm sure we've all played five aside or seven aside, but to to be at that moment about to take a shot to score the goal and think, instead of going to the outside of the keeper, I'm going to hit it into this side of the goal, it's just unbelievable 
technique and oh, it, I'm so, as you can tell, I'm I'm lost for words at just that finish. I know the Rice and Tross, uh, Trossard goals will get the credit, but that finish from Saka, just to think the keeper might dive the other side, trying to hit it into his near post, and wow, what a finish it was. No, it was, it was lovely to see, and I think that was his 51st goal, so yeah, he got his 50th and 51st today. And, I mean, to me, it was it was too easy, so yeah, great finish, but no, Odegaard had loads of time on the ball, no one went near him, and then Saka, like, going through you, you know uh uh two two defenders like as if they weren't there and they didn't even bother getting near and that by that time yeah they they were done <laughs> yeah and he said they brought on Mavropanos and and Phillips and then at that point I think yeah I think we're okay now <laughs> I think we're okay. I think we're okay now there's nothing to worry about here um so yeah as you say like lo- lovely finish and you're, you're right that they, they often expected to go to the to the other side of far post, and it was lovely to tuck it on tuck it on the inside. It was I think it was natural as well to do it with his uh, with his left foot. So yeah, good on him. And that was the game. Done. And then Tom, Tom gets the the pick of the goals, right? Tom gets the, the Decker special, the Decker's Techers, we're going to call it. He done it against Chelsea, same kind of finish, right? And done it again today. What do you make of that finish? Well, I, I was going to say I'm buzzing, buzzing. Now I'm the one that gets. Uh to go through that goal but I don't actually know what to say about it it's, it's other than it was just stupid um it, yeah I mean just it, the way it makes it look so easy you see the ball coming towards him and you just know he's like bang and um it's just it just kind of looks effortless <laughs> um but yeah I mean what goal I don't I don't really know what else to say it was just so good incidentally um that goal the shot from where that goal was taken was the furthest away from the goal that we had a shot from today so mm. i was looking at the the shot map and you know it shows where each shot was taken from there was um there was three in close proximity one was kai havertz in the 50th minute that just went wide of the post the other one was el neni who's went kind of high and wide and then the the third was bakayo saka um which was blocked but it was actually on target i would really recommend if people don't have FOTMOB to go on to and then click on the game and click on stats you can click each circle to see exactly you know what each shot you know what foot they hit it with what the situation was and what the result was as well and how many xg and and that kind of thing um, the shot generated so really really cool app to use but we're not getting paid but if anyone from FOTMOB is looking we would love a sponsorship um so yeah uh really good descriptions guys for the goals there wasn't really any controversy in the game, though, was there? There wasn't. I don't know if you guys remember. I know I mentioned in the the chat, kind of the first twenty minutes of the the first half, the referee was siding with us for a lot of calls that were fifty fifty or or even maybe sixty forty in West Ham's favour. One of the most telling ones was you'll remember in the first half when the ball went out of play and it was a clearly a West Ham throw in. Mikel Arteta quickly grabs the ball and throws it to, I think it was Kai Havertz, and he's just, he's, you could hear him on the mic saying, go, 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 go. And um, just so if you throw it, you know, that's it, the referee can't stop and, and give the throw another way. But it just felt like the referee was really on our on our side. The West Ham fans were getting quite. Um, I, felt, I, felt, I felt that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, I sorry, I was going to say the West Ham fans even were getting on the referee's back, weren't they? You know, booing everything and, and really, really moaning about it. Yeah, so, so, so I, when I went to the uh, the League Cup game at, at uh, the London Stadium, I felt like the the fans got on the ref's back, and he would give uh, give decisions their way. 
and it just kept kept, kept happening, kept happening. And uh, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I felt like no, nah, this, this ref's definitely going their way today. And we we I think we can all agree the ref was on our side for at least the first thirty minutes, and then from then on it didn't really matter. Like he could have given them decisions, we wouldn't have cared. You know, um, I, I was I was almost surprised at that ball that went over to uh, Saka for uh, the penalty. I was, su- I was surprised it didn't get pulled back for something. I was thinking, no, this is going too far in our direction at that point. But yeah, um, for, for, for me, I thought overall, I thought the ref was, was great, but perhaps I'm too biased. But definitely the first 30 minutes, he was, you know, he was definitely a bit more on our side. But there you are. Thank you. Was it, good was it that, that he was on our side though, or was it just that he just wasn't going against us like we're used to? Um, a bit of both, I would say. I, I think maybe on our side, you know, for the fact that Bukayo Saka gets fouled early on in the first half, and uh, was it Emerson that, or sorry, was it um, someone got booked, didn't they? I think um, it was Edson Alvarez, wasn't it? They got booked. Was that like the first ten minutes, you know, for a foul on Saka? So that never gets given usually, and then um, Ariola obviously got booked for his foul on. On, on Saka for the penalty but yeah I mean the referee I think was was very good today Tabs I don't know if you have anything to add I bet you found somewhere in the game where the referee didn't have a decision for us and you want to no, bring it up I, for I, it I, I, no I think I think it was fine I said yeah he was, was typical referee and, and he didn't make it about him which was good and as he said once we were like two three and a lap it was irrelevant there was a yeah there were no flying tackles or there weren't this that, and the other so I think it was relatively fair you know I think there were a couple of times maybe he could have you know there were a lot of arms going across bodies and stuff and he could have been but I, I think he managed it well I think he treated it like you know as as it should have been so yeah I was, I was quite I was quite pleased there the fact that you know we're talking about it just One because those... we say oh was there anything controversial but as yeah, this we come away from this game you forget forget uh who the referee was and we yeah let me focus on the six six nil but that's what it should be. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the most um, kind of worrying moments for me personally was when I seen was it Ben Johnson was kind of clotheslined almost yeah. by Saliba, <laughs> and I genuinely thought, are they going to bring this back and look at it and get VAR involved? Because it did look a little. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see many replays of it, but it did look like Saliba put his, his full forearm out and, and Ben Johnson ran into. Yeah, but it was it was, it was nothing. It was just as you said, he was protecting the ball, giving himself width. Yeah, it was yeah. it was more running into it. It was yeah, yeah. You could have given a free kick there, but there was nothing nothing malicious in it. Yeah, I, I agree. It wasn't a foul. Um, that you, I mean, you do see them pulled back sometimes. So yeah, I, I kind of agree that it's a bit worrying when you see him kind of like looking through it, thinking shit. They might might pull it back, but yeah, definitely not a foul. I think in terms of this result, let's talk about what it means for our for the wider picture for the the season right so for me i mean results like this and results like the one we had against liverpool last week mean nothing unless we can back up the following week with another win this is our chance everyone goes on about oh this time of year man city can go on 15 20 games unbeaten this is our chance to do the same right if we win every single game between now and the end of the season we will be premier league champions there's no doubt about that that, that that's fact so why can't we go on a little run? You know, with next next three Premier League games, we've got Burnley away next weekend on, on Saturday. Then we've got Newcastle at home. 
Saturday night kick off that one. And then we've got Sheffield United away on, on the following week on the Monday. Um, well, a week and a few days after that. So three very winnable games. I mean, Newcastle are looking amazing at the moment. I know they've, um, you know, they've they've won their last four, but uh, sorry, they've won three of the last four, haven't they? But um, you know, drawing against the likes of Luton, just scraping past Forest yesterday. So I'm just keen to hear your thoughts. If we just think about the next three games, do you guys agree with me that the next three games need to be victories to back up? the previous three games essentially no absolutely it's it's really every game is is must must win with and you've got that relentless beastman city you know every game is win what, I, what i'd like to see is in a way just routine wins turn up get the two three goals go home no dramas no no fuss I, you know the six nils are great people are going to be talking about it and it's fine but it'll be just nice to get in be professional do the job go home uh, and and that's why i just want to see us See us, see us do a bit like Man City yesterday. Yeah, nothing spectacular. Two 0 against Everton. Job done. Move on. Uh, because it, it, again, I think some of the and we love the six nils and it's great and we we would love to win it next every week, but that's not going to happen. So again, even that brings a level of emotion to it and people talking about it and so on like that. So it's just be very. I like it when we're a bit more just under the radar. Just get in, get it done, get out. Say so take nine points, and then we and then we move on and see where we are. Yeah, but I mean, completely agree. In answer to, to your question, was um, yes, we need to win them, but I think it's important to not get bogged down in in game like three, four games time. Um, I think it was a big contributing factor to our sort of winning streak last season. We were just taking it on a game by game basis. Um, and then obviously the pressure came on and, and, and we dropped off. And I think that's because part of that was because we were going, right, we need to win the next six games and sort of taking it in chunks as, as opposed to a game by game basis. So we just need to focus on, on our upcoming game and that's it. Saren, what about yeah, yourself? Yeah. I agree. We need to take it game by game, but also we need to stop thinking. I, I, mean, I tell the players do, but I know we do not thinking about the past you know when we're going away to i don't know old trafford stop thinking about the past and how many games we haven't won there in the in the, uh in the in the the past i think we did that uh, or at least i did that for the anfield game thinking about oh we haven't won here in x many years we need to stop all that take it game by game um and i, I think as well we need to focus we're pretty happy on our our home form we really need to be ready to fight for our away games so i think this year we've lost uh three away games in premier league um we really need to to, to focus on our, our away games and, and and be ready to fight and if that means that you know maybe we have to go a little bit low block against some of these teams so be it we we just have to absolutely fight for the for these games we have lost three away but we've also got the second best record away from home we have we've won seven drawn two the only team that have um, have won more away from home have been man city they've won eight drawn one they've also lost three incidentally enough uh, away from home as well um you know so it just shows you this league what an exciting premier league i mean last season was exciting because we were top for 95 percent of it but this season's even more exciting for me because there's it's a three horse race right so and i know if any tottenham fans are listening oh no you're not in this race you never have but you never will be listen to sir alex and what he said at the racing the other day just humble yourselves um but yeah i mean 
it's exciting. I really enjoyed this episode, guys. I really appreciate your time today. And CERN, it's really good to have you on as well. So we hope you can come Pleasure. back for a, a future episode. Um, all that's left for me to say, guys, is thank you so much for listening again. What a, a start to the podcasting career it's been. I mean, it just doesn't seem like we're, we can do any wrong. Every time we record an episode, it's it's always a good result. So long may that continue. CERN, Tabs, Tom, thank you so much for today, guys. And please, everyone, remember, hit the like, hit the follow, hit the share, the comment, anything. Whatever button you see, press it, do it. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, everyone. Farewell. Cheers.